This podcast is from heptagonclub.co.uk and paulcarenza.com. The Heptagon Club. Heptagon Club. Heptagon Club with Paul Carenza. Seven guests, seven corners. On this week's show. I actually live in a borough which has the highest percentage of Muslims in the country. Dibley is more of a documentary where we are. Yeah. I got barred from... Avis, rent a car for life. And your host, Mr. Paul Carenza. Hello and welcome to the Heptagon Club. This is episode 7, the Hepta episode of the Heptagon Club. In ancient days, the seventh son of the seventh son became a wizard or a state agent or something. But uh, So that means this podcast will, I don't know, bend time or cure scurvy or something like that. Well, there will be a time distortion in that we normally pop up on your feed every two to three weeks. But this is the last episode of Series 1 of the Heptagon Club. Uh, because A, the editing alone of this podcast takes for blooming ever. And I do everything. So each series had to be finite. And point two, uh, a seven-part series seemed appropriate, thanks to James Carey for that suggestion. Uh, so blame him. James Carey is a writer we have to get on next series. And he has the very excellent Sitcom Geeks podcast. Do go and listen there in our absence by all means. Uh, so yes, we will be back, uh, but I don't know when. I like to think later in the year, uh, summer perhaps, uh, but knowing me that means autumn. It depends on other work, to be honest, because if you didn't notice, this earns me zero pounds. Uh, in fact, uh, it costs. So if you fancy luring us back sooner, help us out with hosting costs, the recording device fund, even the travel to go and drag our guests along. Uh, we do have now two ways you can support us. We have a donate button. Uh, it's at heptagonclub.co.uk, right hand side of each page. Or even further than that, if you're a hardcore fan, I mean a hardcore fan of this podcast, not a fan of hardcore. Anyway, um, there is uh, an opportunity to become a patron there's a Become a Patron button at the top of heptagonclub.co.uk. It's green, and you could support us more regularly in exchange for rewards. Uh, so on-air thanks from our top guests, tickets to shows. You can name parts of the show, that sort of thing. Plug your cause, even. Either way, uh, the end of this series feels like a good time to take the time to go and do this, so please do give it some thought. Donate button, lower down the page, Become a Patron button at the top. Meanwhile, not live from Guildford in Surrey, seven more guests for you this week, including three comedians, two Anglican vicars and a Muslim writer and broadcaster. The comedians, who are all comedians, uh, but so what, I'm, I'm gender blind, you know, are Rosie Wilby, Abby Roberts and other names to be announced by my butler, Dribbles. Juliet Burton, the journalist Abdul Rahman Malik, Reverend Kate Botley and Reverend Richard Coles. The TV Vickers, Botley and Coles. Can you believe it? Botley and Coles. That, I'm sure that's a Victorian double act. I, you know, I once saw a Greenbelt Festival, fantastic Greenbelt Festival. Kate Botley, Richard Coles and Giles Fraser. Fraser, Botley and Coles. If that's not the name of a shoe shop or a mid-range lawyer company and farming, I don't know what is. This week, though, no Fraser, but we do have the Reverend Kate Botley later on. But first, here is Reverend Richard Coles. Guildford, I like Guildford. It's nice. I learned to trampoline in Guildford. Really? Was that what recently, or was no, that because there is the seventies? Oh, okay. I was going to say we got a brand new trampoline park just opened, really? so I thought, wow, that was must at be... the university. Oh, okay. So oh, I think it was. Yeah, I worked on me to do trampoline. Oh, really? It's the only sport I've ever had a natural gift. <laughs> is that right? Really? Yeah. There should be a little blue plaque there. This is where you learned to trampoline. I couldn't do it now. But um... the wobbling would be too. There'd be some terrible. Butterfly wing effect, yeah. various places. <laughs> we have got this, we've got this new trampoline park with trampolines on the walls as well as the floors now. So whenever you fall, you just keep bouncing. It seems, really? um, which is like a one giant padded cell of um, the child inside. Yeah, the, the adult in so. the There are a lot of children inside that one. Recently, way too recently, I went on a roller coaster for a godson. 
I used to love roller coasters. I haven't been on one for years. I went on it and I thought, I'm really past this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really bad. I yeah. feel like I've been beaten up. I've not been on a roller coaster since I was kicked out of Chessington uh, for mucking about. Um, oh, which do? I was only about, I was about 26. We just went for a little jolly. But we went on all the rides because it was like out of turn time. And um, myself and two friends, and we got one of those giant beakers that you can buy for four pounds and refill. Yeah. And we went on Professor Burke's Bubble Works. And as soon as we're out of view of the assistant, just put all the beakers in the water and just soaked each other, the rides. Um, not anyone else did, not a boat, deliberately, but I think yeah. a few did get splashed as well. And at the end, there were two security guards waiting to escort us to the car park. Oh, really? And we said, that's fine, we've had a lovely day. No Lead need. us away, we'll never come back. So and they were okay? They were okay. I'm probably on the blacklist still, so uh, I don't know. I might try again one day, sneak in. I got barred from Avis Rent-A-Car for really? life. Yeah. Oh no, really? Yeah. For life? For wow. life. They're harsh, weren't I they? I don't know that they, they probably wouldn't mind yeah. that, but it was, that was in Ibiza in 1990. Really? I was going to say that hurts, but that's a different car company, isn't it? That's not good. It hurts. Um, dare I ask what you did to be banned for life? Or was it, it was um, a car, two Jeeps, and I think a scooter. Really? Yeah. Wow. The yeah, summer of <laughs> love and, and writing off other people's cars. Oh dear, that's unfortunate. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Seems like a good idea. The first of our seven guests, more of Reverend Richard Coles, shortly from a former communard to someone who brushed with Britpop. Rosie Wilby has supported Bob Geldof, Jamie Cullum and gigged with all sorts of Britpop stars of the 90s. And Abby Roberts is a cabaret singer, both turned from music to comedy and both heeded my call when I invited comedians to the Hepticon Club. Any two could have RSVP'd for this week and chance has brought them back together. Rosie and Abby. Hey, hey! This is a dual conversation. Rosie will be Abby Roberts. Hurrah! Hello. Hey! Is it a dual? D-U-A-L or dual? Well, we'll find out, won't like we? Like a diamond. That would be glowingly. nice. Yes. Uh, that, well, oh, I say, I thought it meant like a dual, as in, oh, you know, like a sword fight kind of thing. It could well yeah. be, couldn't it? Oh, that's true. So, have you two gigged together before? Is this Many like, years ago. Yeah. I think it was probably when we were more new, newbies. Yeah, like maybe newbies. a decade ago when yeah. I was starting. I really remember yeah. hanging out with I will leave them to catch up on though uh, as I offer a volovant to Reverend Richard Coles. Ah oh, yes, Stribbles the butler there again. We featured him, I think, in episode one and then rarely since. Uh, no one seems to have missed him, but if that's you, then do leave a message on our Hepdigan Club Facebook page by all means. I should say, actually, um, he retired soon after episode one because... Um, well, robot butlers, it turns out, very difficult to house train, by which I mean getting him to introduce our guests each week, only really doable when the website operating him is still functioning. So um, had a bit of a problem since about episode two. Uh, so there you go. That's the inside scoop on Dribbles, the robot butler, silenced thanks to a website. Hope that helps. You've probably got the more unusual story than most um, priests, I would have thought, but it, it, the Richard Coles of yesteryear and the Richard Coles of today, is that, do you see much in, is it a different person or much in common? Or I, I was reading this thing about every seven years we regenerate our cells, and so none of us are the same as eight years ago, but I don't know if, how do you see it? Do you sort of see a it's a mixture of things, discontinuity, but more continuity, really. Yeah. I mean, I think there are certain... It's the Jesuit boast of those who show them the child of seven and they'll show you the man, or give them the child of seven and they'll show you the man. And I think there's something in that. I think, as I'm now in my 50s and I look back, I have further to look back than forward, probably, then you begin to see certain shapes and patterns that repeat and realise that that's... I mean, it comes to... I'm, when I was young, I didn't want to be like my parents. Yeah. And then I realised I was like my parents. Yeah. And now I realise I am my parents. Right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. You see yeah. that there are certain givens, I yes, think, in life. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And also, 
you know, I've always been a performer. Mm. I've always been given to preaching, mm. whether invited to or yeah, not. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think those are consistent things. Yeah. Do you think it was inevitable then, when you when you became a priest, that you would be broadcasting, be um, uh, those? Were you, you sort of drawn to no, that? No, not at all. I thought it was good by Yellow Brick Road, and when I, right. I left the BBC in two thousand and three. Mm to go to having had 10 very happy years there I thought I was shaking that dust from my shoes and that my sort of life mm. on the microphone was over and that would be done I thought it was interesting about Rev why was Rev such a success why did it have such the impact it had well partly it was so well done but also I think because people were fascinated by the character someone yes, who's yeah. made this commitment and has given their devoted their life to mm. trying to live in a certain way I had a, a, a vicar sitcom nearly at the BBC oh. And uh, they said, um, they said, Vicar of Dibley's too recent, give it another five years. And then a year later, Rev's like, oh, I should have waited six months. There was a, you've got to ride that wave. You've got to ride that wave. That's all it's all about, isn't it? But, um, I know it. Uh, but I'm sure, but you know, anyway, there'll be another It's one. in the draw, you know, it's all right. Exactly. Check, rewrite, Baptist minister, you know. Yeah. Okay. On the comedy front, then, because I've, um, I've not been on panel shows, I've done a couple of radio panel shows, but not anything on the TV. But I know a lot of comedians who, who when they go on a panel show, they sort of take that big, deep breath and go, right, here we go. You know, particularly, I suppose, the more. Not the week, or maybe have I got news for you? It's quite a daunting prospect, yeah. particularly when you realise that you know you're the you're the Daniel in the den of the lion, the den of fierce Daniels. Yeah, it's true. And that they are, you know, they've, their professional job is to make people laugh. Yeah. Um, if you've got a dog collar on, because you're halfway towards a laugh before you even say right, okay, so true, that's yeah. good. And I have very, I go hot and cold on it actually. Some yeah. I like, and uh, I've some the more bare pit ones. I mm. find I just. I don't particularly want to do that. No. Although I would say, I mean, I generally think when it comes to media, you should say yes to everything, mm. apart from the things you absolutely cannot right. possibly say. Yes to. Now, Rosie and Abby are ex-musicians, now comedians, are comedians. Well, you don't say musicians, do you? So it's comedians, musicians, neither are called Ian. Basically, I went down the cabaret route. Let's put ten songs in okay. to basically <laughs> cover up the fact that I didn't have any stand-up material. <laughs> right, right. And then five years yeah. ago, I realised that actually having twenty minutes of stand-up was better than having yeah. like a little tiny bit of talk yes. and then a song and then you know. That's almost that was a, kind of reverse of what I did because before I did comedy, I was a singer-songwriter, yeah. not so much cabaret stuff, but wistful, acoustic-y, you know, yeah, yeah, lady I with guitar. But I used to chat between the songs, and people said, "Oh." You you know you're really funny in between yeah. the songs. I yeah. thought, are they just polite? So I kind of did the reverse and had songs and cut them out. But then you've done that, that as well. Now. And I've yeah, and I I did that mainly because to be honest, I thought I, I the money wasn't great. Right, that right, says okay. something like a real you know, anything. Like a, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, but you know, pretending that comedy isn't about capitalism. Well, of course, absolutely, exactly. Is. I know. Yeah. <laughs> we, we sort of fight it from the stage, and actually, how much is this coming? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. stick it to the yeah, man. I know, exactly, whilst yeah. being given a brown cash in hand. Thank you. Cash in hand. Do you so you do music on stage? with your comedy and cabaret um, and things not, pieces um, or, no, okay. because people used to if I said can we put a CD in you'd yes. see the tech guy oh, I know, that's in the true. club going <laughs> you can see them going the oh, eyes roll yes. you know where they, where they think well what's the cue like, is the cue going to be right yes. and of course if it's not right then the, you know it's like the audience yeah. look at their watches so it was <laughs> yeah. um, it was actually almost out of um, what's the word yeah a born out of necessity to right. go I've just got to focus on on comedy, yes, but I still yeah. put snippets of music in, mm. but without with with just my voice and my body, right. I can be a jazz band all on my own. Well, they, wow. and it saves that in the tech involved, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, you don't want that. It's true, actually. I had a moment at, um, when I opened my show at Brighton Fringe this year. Um, yeah. There was a moment where a queue was taking forever, and I was yeah. just like filling. Have you done music in your 
comedy I did. Stuff, I did you? a show in 2012, um, which was based on my music career and a column mm. I used to write in a big free music magazine called Making Music. And I used to do this show called. Um, I used to do this column called Rosie's Pop Diary about mm. my exploits as a young, naive twenty-something in London, getting a band together <clears> and, and trying to sort of find my way on the music scene in yeah. those sort of heady Britpop days. In, oh yes, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, when Camden was right. was a buzz with with bands like Blur and so on. And um, and so I wrote a lot about my adventures at that time and, and turned it into a show with sort of some of the old photos of me and my band. And, mm-hmm. you know, even, what, what was it, 20 years later, you can laugh at your clothes then and you're like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Changed. What was I thinking? And, you know, I talked about going to the internet cafe. <laughs> like, that was... Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Very exotic. Asking Jeeves. Asking Jeeves. Alta Vista. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's really interesting how many comedians would quite like to be musicians. There's there's Absolutely. a lot of yeah. crossover stuff. There well, is. Thing, you know, where I, yeah. they want to be a professional musician, but maybe they didn't, they could like, mm. oh, I didn't quite get there. Or, well, it's interesting when you sort of, you go, I, I'm, you turn your back on the music sort of thing to a degree, but, yeah. you know, always keep it in, I suppose. Because I've, yeah. I've, for years, I've been, whenever I do an Edinburgh show, I always put a song in. I can't sing for toffee, I can't play <laughs> a music <laughs> instrument, but I've got a backing track and I'm warbling away through some thing. I've put words to some, you know, yeah. old famous tune or something. Right. I wish I could sing or play an instrument, and yeah. I can't, but it doesn't matter because it's my show. Show and you've got to listen to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think that's the thing. We're You've all, got them in. And, yeah. You know, exactly. All these yeah. frustrated, you know, we're all frustrated performers who actually perform, but then you end up going, mm. right, well, come on, you know. I'm... Yeah. You can still be a rock star and do comedy. I mean, yeah. That's the thing. You can still have that kind of, that you'd have you were singing a good I think what, what I like to do is is actually I use a lot of music as, as part of a texture um, and the new show I've got got a lot of Richard Hawley running, running under oh, yes. it's a story about me and my ex and we were really into Richard Hawley right. and um, so it's kind of and for me music was always a way to capture a different set of emotions because when you're doing a stand-up set at a club mm. you know it's really the, the objective is quite clear you've just got to make people laugh yeah. so I quite like in a solo show having a bit of a different tapestry of, of emotions and a bit more of a roller coaster. Yeah. Music does that so well, whether you sing or whether you've got just a bit of a classic yeah, exactly. song that yes. comes on in the background. There's more info on our fab guests if you Google them or indeed ask Jeeves. Ah, Jeeves, yet another web butler silenced along with our very own dribbles. That's the true jobs tragedy, internet butlers. No work for them since blooming Google came along. And uh, anyway, here's another comedian, mainstay of the Edinburgh Fringe, and she'll be back there this year. It's Juliet Burton. I'm lucky because I have, I stay with family up there now, which is right. awesome. So I can even stay, even if I stop performing, I can yeah. still stay on. So you got, you stay with family in Edinburgh? Yeah. Are you kind of planting people all over the world that you can stay with when needed? Is yeah. that the idea? Uh, if I become friends with you, I will be staying with yeah, you on your couch thing. at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I, I stay with a, uh, who was it, a promoter. You know, I, I don't know if you do this thing of going, right, okay, I'll stay on floors. And then you go, okay, I'll be on floors now, sofas plus. Yeah. And then after a while you go, no, forget sofas, I'm too old, but I want beds now. I want yeah. beds, you know. And um, I drew the line at floors where I stayed on a promoter's floor and it's a kitchen floor, a lino, because the carpet was taken or something. Wow. And, uh, oh, that would have been cool. And the promoter's wife came back at 2 o'clock in the morning from night shift from nursing and I opened the freezer to get some bread out for toast and banged my head with the freezer door and I'm thinking this is no longer the life of... <laughs> Comedy that I dreamt of. This is you've got to draw the line somewhere, haven't you? It's not you? glamorous. It's, it's not, not glamorous. No. It? You know. So I hope you get better than that when you stay with people. I hope so too. Yeah. Um, I, I will report back. Um, Good. 
Fritz? I, I don't know. I no think, lino, no kitchen lino. I think it could be a party house. Okay. And I'm not really a party girl. Right. I'm more of a um, bed socks and okay. hot water bottles okay. and um, yeah. yeah, early o'clock kind of girl. Yeah, yeah. Um, watching Gogglebox. It's one of the best programs because I still remember when somebody first explained what it was to me. I, was, I, mm. I did what what people do, which is oh my god, that sounds ridiculous. Yeah. People watching television and we're watching people watching television. No, that sounds awful. Yeah. But it's brilliant because it's so so human and it's the best and sometimes the worst but mainly the best I think it's mainly what unites us as humans when they all cry at a certain moment and you're like yes actually that it, TV can be a uniting force brilliant it's so good I think I think Gogglebox it succeeded um, Harry Hill's TV birth as like the package show of you know if you miss this this week on TV you can see it there yes. in better form yes. I think Gogglebox is better because it's real and it's Yes, if, if you've been out having a life this week yeah. and you wanted to know what was good on TV, then watch this. From Gogglebox then, let's visit this rather funky corner, uh, for that read it could be noisy, to share the sofa with TV presenter, tea drinker, Reverend Kate Botley, who has like three parishes. Yeah, parishes yeah. well I look after three really rural churches, right. so Dibley's more of a documentary where we are, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. so I do that, and I also look after a further education college, so okay. plumbers, plasterers, builders, right. hairdressers, those kind of people, yeah. and I do things like when their mum and dads have kicked them out, I help them find somewhere to live, so I listen here, um, which is just brilliant. Because when you've judged your 15th scarecrow competition in the parish, or you've <laughs> had a look at the 17th yeah. rudely shaped vegetable, yeah. then you know that you've got you know Carla yeah, Keeley yeah. to spar with in the in the college. So that's really good fun. And it's one called Scrooby, isn't it? One is which called is one of the funniest <laughs> name places. Isn't in the it world. brilliant? <laughs> so I look after Blythe, Scrooby, and Ranskill. What a, um, that is an estate agent. Absolutely crazy. And what's yeah. brilliant about Scrooby is a tiny little village. So yeah. there's about 150 people live in Scrooby. Right. So we get 10 to church on a good yeah. day. Okay, which right. in percentage terms yeah. is enormous but at Scrooby when they have a party they call it a Scrooby do no of course they do of course like they the do they embrace it of that's course nice. they do that's good of course they that's do yeah so, so there's a whole whole heap of that in yeah, fact yeah. when I get back it's their um, annual sort of end of the summer fate I'm judging the cake competition yeah. so I, I have to get myself ready for the hate mail and people slipping me tenors in the pub and that's, that's good that's alright no, yeah. I haven't paid for a drink in four years that's the way in any of those pubs in fact one of the pubs in the village where we live you can get our Wi-Fi from the back garden, oh, so really? you, and sometimes I'll text them if I'm setting off for a walk down to the pub, and, and by the time I get there, nice. the beer's on the end of the well, bar. Oh, it's honestly, right. yeah, living the dream. Out. I'm living the dream. I might get one date. This sounds alright. No, no, don't. try not. Try, <laughs> try not to. You do it if you can. As long as possible. Um, so you, you and I both do pausing, pausing for thought. We do. Um, how, what, how, how should I do it? What's, what's your advice? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You're like the guru of pause for thought. No, I remember the other week, Chris Evans saying to you this is the best one I've ever read I remember that oh, he said this is my the best one of mine oh. so you know that it was, was about like, sleepless you know, nights like wasn't nearly, it I remember it I remember it you know. no, it's absolute yeah. you know I mean what's really scary for me and I don't know about you is I script very little things in my life right, so yeah. I'm a real kind of just stand up and talk so even sermons you know yeah. I, I right. very rarely I mean I know what I kind of want to say I know yeah. the points I want to make but I would yeah. I would never script so to sit there yeah. with a script is quite yeah. weird yeah. Um, I'd much rather riff but of course, you yeah. know, that's that's a little bit of flying by the seat pads. But the scariest bit I find with Chris Evans is uh, the bit before you do your pause for thought, because you've yeah. no idea what he's going to ask you. I know. And, and of course, he's completely in control of everything, isn't he? And that's how he does it. 
So yes, I do the Pause for Thought slot on the Chris Evans Radio 2 Breakfast Show. It's just a two-minute inspirational, a bit religious slot, uh, just before the travel at the end of the show. So it advises you which way to go in life before Lynn Bowles tells you which way to go off the M1. Uh, we've got a few fellow Pause for Thoughters this week uh, of different backgrounds. This is writer, speaker, all-round brilliant egg, Abdul Raymond Malik. Yeah, we both do the Pause for Thought thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, um, you know, I've just seen Richard Coles, Kate Botley. Oh, fantastic. You know, and it's... Um, I saw Richard Coles from far away earlier, <laughs> Yes, it's yeah. It's just. I mean, we, it's like our sort of annual get-together. Are you are you on are you on the Evans show as well? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, wonderful. So normally, it's uh, you know Richard Coles gets the Fridays, gets yeah. the guests. You know, I've but, been lucky uh, as well. I've been, oh yeah. I've, I've been Who've you had then? Who've you met on the? Uh, oh, give me some. Give me some. It's, uh, it's been a lot actually. I met Genesis. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, so Phil Collins right. and, and Rutherford and the right. gang were there. Excellent. Terry um, Mulligan. Oh really? I was, oh. was tongue tied. I was tongue tied around. I'll say my dad was going to be jealous on Genesis, and I'm jealous on <laughs> Kerry Mulligan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lenny Kravitz. Right. There was one day that we had that we had the, the, uh, Harry Potter. We had Daniel okay. Radcliffe, the Madman, um, John right. Hamm. Yep. And and who did we have that day? Peter Capaldi or something. Oh really? It was like Doctor Who. You get the good one. It was like it was like oh. it was like wow. I was I, you know I I've never been a big kind of I, I you know. Uh, the follow follow the celeb, yeah, the stuff but but you know yeah, sometimes yeah. you just walk in there and yeah. you're like you're like Chris, what are you doing to me? Yeah. I, I, I know. I feel like the first Friday I got, I thought like who was like week before it was Russell Crowe, Kylie Minogue. Yeah. Like, who am I going to get? Come on, <laughs> who did you get? And I, <laughs> I got. I got Lee Mack, the comedian, Nothing. who I've been writing for for the last ten years. That's amazing. It's like the one person I know already. Oh, like, so you know him well. So I know so, him already. Oh. You know, I was like, I was writing with you last week, Lee, and then oh, which big celebrity am I going to meet today? Oh, oh not no. Lee again. Oh no. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh, all right, mate. Yeah, okay. Off you go, mate. Send in Kylie. Come yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But um, I think Jamie Oliver was there that day, so I got a bit of his cake because at least I could walk away with some Jamie Oliver cake. Yeah, you, you can't know, argue. But, you can't argue. But you know. You are the governor of Pulse of Thoughts, and as a co-Pulse of Thoughter, what, how do, what do I do to sound better and more like Richard Coles? Or should I not sound like Richard Coles, because yeah. there is one already? Well, partly there is one already, but also you should sound like Paul Coles. Yeah. Mm. The thing I love about Pulse of Thoughts is it's really not that much longer than a tweet, really. That's your right, yeah. Um, yeah. And the after those, in everything, it's always it's coming up with an idea that fits the lengths. Yes. It's the same for a PhD thesis or anything. Come up with an idea that fits... Yeah. Ask the question that elicits the answer of the right length. Yes. If you get that right, then you get. And also, you know, it takes a while to discover your voice. I remember when I was first preaching, a priest friend of mine said, "Oh, you're, you've you found your pulpit voice. Uh, okay. that you find a sort of way of address that is authentically you, but that also does the job. Yes, or should do. I know what you mean. I know the ones I've done where I just handed it in and thought, that's not really." It's not really me, really. It oh, sort yeah. of it fits the guests for whoever's on, but it's not necessarily what. Um, type, it, it, it's when you're a week on week, you know. When, yeah. you, when I get those week on weeks, yeah, you know, it's like five weeks or four weeks. Yeah, I find those are those are challenging, but mm. I have a formula now. Mm. I, I do. Right. Oh, I think, that's good. I, I oh, really? If people follow it, they would know. Oh. Alex oh. got a formula. Oh, you got a secret. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so there's a way that I okay. there, there's a way that I structure it. Right. That you know, it's all it's it's most of the time is personal experience. Right. Um, it's. I always have. I always call it, call it the kicker. Yeah. So it's just some sort of reference to sacred text, poetry, yep. you know, yeah. something yeah. Uh, that that fits in. I try yeah. to do an elliptical ending, which that's connects good. back that's to the nice. beginning. That's always good, isn't it? That's and always so, nice. So, so I, there, there, there is a yeah. formula I follow. Okay, that's but good. what it does allow me to do is, I, is it's, it's. I find I find pause for thought a bit confessional. I find that uh, I I'm, I'm actually in a way 
talking about something that's happened in my my own life yeah, experience, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and I've been doing it for five years, and right. I feel I feel like now I'm like kind of like, yeah, yeah. I'm, to- I'm comfortable yeah. with sharing that's because good. actually I find that that just allows me allow it allows me to enjoy it, but also then it becomes a personal experience for me, and I, I'm sure you can appreciate this as a writer. Yeah. I, I like the limit. Right, yeah, yeah. You've got yeah. 365 words. 365, isn't it? That's yeah. right, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, every... the, that's the golden word. Absolutely, so, I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard that. But yeah, I know what you mean about the confessional thing, because the second one I ever did for Chris um, was a confession that I once stood on top of a, a mountain, well, a hill, really, or a mountain in Edinburgh, uh, to see the sunrise come up on my own, completely stark naked. And I thought, I've told like five people this, and now I'm suddenly telling... Ten million dollars. You know, my, my in-laws didn't know this, you know? I don't think my parents knew it, and I'm no. thinking... I, only, I think as I read it out and thought, hang on a second, <laughs> my Twitter's going to go a little bit silly in a minute. <laughs> and um, did it? A little bit. A little bit yeah. going, oh, didn't know that about you. Okay, so, you know, it was... I think I was pretty slightly trying to impress Chris, thinking, oh, he'd like a bit of baldy. Come on, let's, <laughs> let's do this, you know. We are always trying yeah, to impress Chris. I, I always look at Chris, because yeah. Yeah, no, I have a lot of respect for Chris Evans. There's an amazing energy. You know, I'll leave the studio and it's like, I wish I could have energy like that. I know. It's inspirational, I find. I walk out inspired. I meant to inspire the nation. I I walk out inspired myself. Yeah, right. Because you're like, wow. I'm going to go and set up a production company Yes, exactly. I'm going to do something. The Heptagon Club. Seven guests, seven corners. The Heptagon Club with Paul Carenza. It's time for the Bring a Bottle Corner. You know, when you get to bring something back to the podcast, we've had things like subscribing, liking, following us, donating even. This time it's our last of the series. So simply this, keep in touch. Set yourself a reminder now. Put it in the diary for late spring or summer. Drop us an email. Facebook us. Nag us. Hey, you can even timestamp, I think, Facebook messages. So you can send us a message now that we'll get in the future, I think. Um, You can ask Jeeves about that or something. Uh, So anyway, that's your Bring a Bottle moment this week. And... If you've got an interesting story to tell or want to waffle on about anything, you're a comedian, a musician, a writer, or just, well, a person, get in touch and perhaps be on the next series, like Juliet Burton. We have an awesome um, phrase in Bali, which is Sing Ken Ken. Sing Ken Ken. Sing Ken Ken. Okay. Like, two boyfriends of Barbie, Sing Ken Ken. Sing Ken Ken. It means, like, no worries. Okay. Uh, Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata. <laughs> yeah. Or indeed, as the Australians say, no worries. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Very nice. And it, the whole vibe out there was just that kind of sink and can just like, yeah. relax, laid back, chilled out. Um, and they also count their years differently to us. Okay. So in Bali, I would be something like 748 or something like that. Oh, really? You don't look a day over 747. Thank you so much. You don't look a day over 900. Thank you very much indeed. So what is that from then? Is that must be, it's not a lunar thing or a... They, they kind of we just don't care. They, right, okay. they kind of end up saying, like, when you ask somebody out there, how old are you? They said, oh, I could be... 50 or I could be 375 and they count it it's some kind of um, I think it's by the festivals I think but I oh, okay so how many of those you know yeah, yeah. yeah but it's also down to the sing ken ken idea of that well it doesn't really matter how old I am yeah, yeah. I'm just I am I am me and I'm as young as I feel what do you think then? Because it, this this whole interesting times—I don't know—weird times. I don't, know, I don't know anyone would want it to be interesting. In the world, but you know, yeah, I still haven't quite puzzled out. Looking at comedy clubs I've been to, if we know yet how to deal with a post. Brexit, post-Trump yeah. comedy circuit. No one's quite nailing, no. you know, what, how we speak to audiences. But I think partly because they're looking at audiences yeah. going, I don't know which way you all lean. And half of you might yeah. hate this 
thought and half of you might like well, it. Well, it was half, pretty yeah. much half and half, wasn't it? The, the vote. Oh, exactly, yeah. And I don't think we still quite understand how mm. it's all going to pan out. It's, I was just thinking back to the way you know, those big political stuff, like the Iraq war and stuff, yeah. and mm. it was the, pretty went too far in the end, but it was the, <laughs> it was the thing for comedians to go, hey, you know, Blair, no uh, WMDs there. But yeah, part of what happens when the counterculture becomes the mainstream? Because I wrote a lot, yeah. when I did my... Um, show about being a musician in the Britpop era. I wrote about how it, that was a tipping point when music really changed, and sort of it had been a countercultural movement. And then, of course, you've got you know Noel Gallagher at sipping champagne with Tony Blair, and and everything yeah, changes. Absolutely. In some ways, it's the same thing happening with mm. comedy, where yeah, when 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 the extent. when the rebels become the mainstream, yeah. Yeah. that's when it. I like to go to comedy and disagree with the person. I like, I like there to be a kind of frisson of, mm. are you really saying that? Right. But as long as it's funny, as long as they're, as long as there's, there's, you know, they're backing yeah. it up with some reasonable... Yeah, do you mean disagree uh, with the person on... So the yeah. person you're, you're, yeah. so as an audience yeah. member, do you As an audience member, and even as yeah. an act, I, kind of, I want to be... I want to be people to be on their toes with comedy. Sure. I, don't necessarily, yeah. I quite like a few times I've seen it where an act on stage says something, yeah. but then you go on after them and go, you know what that person said about this thing? Well, here's yeah. the other point of view. And that yeah, can be yeah. quite, the audience go a bit like, ooh. I mean, I know someone, I'm not going to name names, who took a show to Edinburgh last year that was very middle class, and but anti-Brexit. Mm. But the people that were going to see it were, had, all, right. had all voted leave. Ah. Okay. And they just hadn't made the wow. connection. Right. So every show yes. was a battle mm. of sort of, but I'm I'm quite you know a yeah. middle class person and I'm and I, I wanted I voted remain and all the yeah. whole audience would leave those. So do you think you need it on the poster to say this comedian voted? Uh, uh, this know, comedian voted. Just so you're aware. Yeah. No, just get them to yeah. buy the tickets. Yeah. That's true. That's true. That's true. Or or have the skills to get out of it. Yeah. I had a gig in um, in Birmingham a couple of years ago. Well, actually, no, it was about four four years ago probably, where I did a bit where I was kind of loosely finding out uh, who who in was of what political persuasion. <laughs> yeah. I kind of just slightly ruffled because yeah. no one wants to talk about it. You go, come on, oh, let's, let's talk about it. And yeah. everywhere else I'd done, you've got a bit of Tory, a bit of Labour, a bit of Lib Dem, whatever. Yeah. little joke about the fact there's only three Lib Dems and one Green, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the joke it was always, you know, about BMP, no, let's not go there. Yeah. And of course, at this gig, wow. I, I did that. Well. But in that slight slither of time, mm. when I was going, any, any in, let's not go there, suddenly the whole audience jumped in like, yup. That's us, oh. and you look out and go, "Oh yeah, this is oh, the only hey. black person here is working the bar." And oh, yeah. suddenly, yeah. I was thinking, "I've got another fifteen minutes to do," but I really don't fancy making anyone have a good time anymore. Really, yeah. you know, but it's a slightly weird one. I mean, I, I think the UK is blessed yeah. with lots of sort of intercultural and interfaith work. I sometimes wonder to what extent that filters down mm. to the street. You know, right, I, I yeah, live yeah. in the East End. Yeah, right. I live in Whitechapel. I actually live in a borough which has the highest percentage of Muslims in the country. It's 40-something percent. In my area, I know in my two or three wards, that figure is probably 60 percent. Right. And it's less than a quarter of a mile from the city of London. Mm. So, well, I think it feels, it feels more important than ever, doesn't it? You know, it but does, it, it yeah. feels like there's like initiatives and stuff. But there like is you stuff say, happening, like, you know, but, but I yeah. wonder how much it trickles yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. What people will say was that... I, I, I'm glad some, someone's doing interfaith. Right, okay. Yeah. Like, I, I'm glad you're, I'm yeah. glad you're taking care of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Tick, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, so we, yeah, we've ticked the box. Okay, yeah. now we just go on. Yeah. And, I, 
And of course, we all do it every day, right? And if you live in a city like London, yeah. you're negotiating faith, culture, language, mm. ethnicity, yeah. race, background. You're negotiating yeah. all those things all the time. As we do, and every day, we make friends, and we don't mm. make friends, and we put up with each other, and all of that. But I think there's something meaningful about people of faith mm. sharing faith. Isn't there that, um, uh, I've not been myself, but is it in Paris they were building that um, church, synagogue, mosque building yeah, yes, with one I've central heard, area? I, I know, I've heard about <laughs> yeah, yeah, that. I in fact, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened with that either. Last year I um, did stand-up in Russian. <laughs> I was the first wow. stand-up to do wow. gigs in... Well, I, I beat Eddie Izzard, yes, <laughs> in fact. Which was, um, he was busy running marathons in South Africa. <laughs> which I will never be doing. <laughs> He's going to do that. Right. Just to say it now, yes, like, on record. Yes, yes. So it was very exciting time. I took, you know, um, I speak fluent Russian, and I thought, right now, it's we're coming up to 2017, 100 years anniversary since the Russian Revolution. I'll tell the story of when I went to Moscow and studied opera at the Conservatoire. Um, so that's that's my year. Good basically. year. Well, very good. Probably going to go well. So go on tour. Well. That's good. So we good. Tour, so culminating in an October <laughs> revolution show. Nice, of with, course. With of course. vodka, which you will be invited yes. to. Cool. Of course. Cheers. Yes. Cheers. Absolutely. Pro- so it's going to be like a proper night, like a Russian night. Good. Primarily this year, I've, I'm, I'm frantically finishing off at the moment. I've been writing a book. Um, okay. So I've got a publishing deal um, based off the back of I've done three. I've done a trilogy of shows looking at relationships, and so I did the science of sex. And then I did Is Monogamy Dead? Right. Um, looking at sort of those thorny conflicts between freedom and security mm. and longer term relationships. And my current show that I'm touring is called The Conscious Uncoupling and looking at whether we can ever ethically like separate like yeah. Gwyneth, yeah. Yeah. Um, Gwyneth, Gwyneth and Chris. And, um, and yeah, also looking at how technology plays a role in our romantic lives and um, dumping people by email. And not that I have any experience of, of being dumped by email at all. No. Um, no. Yeah. Um, and so I got a publishing deal. What I found hard about writing a book was that you don't have the same opportunity to go and tra- try stuff in front of the audience. Because yeah. that's what you write as a comedian. Yeah. You yeah. can take stuff that's a bit sketchy and you mm. go, oh, that worked, that didn't work, that'll be out, yeah. that yeah. stays yeah. in. But you, there's no opportunity to I've really tried do sitting that. my kids down and reading to them, and they're not <laughs> listening. The three-year-old particularly is going, it's a bit academic, Dan. <laughs> but I know what you mean. It is, but it's quite satisfying. There's a stand-up. You, it's, there's no finished product, really. So you sort of constantly changes constantly 20 minutes. Evolving. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, which yeah, is evolving. why I think Edinburgh is often a nice thing to work towards, and then you finish yeah. it, and then you yeah. go, oh, I think that's oh. finished now. I think I've just finished something. Only oysters in the months of R in them. Um, really? Yeah, apparently. Otherwise, it's because it, it go off. So, in the time okay. that you couldn't have good refrigeration, right. nowadays we have better refrigeration, but in the days so, of the um, north. So, let me, so, the month with an R in them, yes. that's going to be September, yeah, September until January, February, March, April. Yeah, okay. So, oh, yes, that's ideal. What's next for you? What's coming up? What's um, I'm off to Indonesia okay. um, on tomorrow yeah. for, for a few days to do some uh, work with some young Indonesian mm. content creators who are right. looking at creating content to disrupt sort of um, ISIS oh, really? uh, right. propaganda there. And so wow. that, that's with my Radical Middle Way hat on. And so yeah. that's, that's interesting because we've done work with young people in the past about building resilience to... Yeah to those kinds of really negative and destructive narratives. So it's always interesting to, to do that uh, work and that engagement in, um, in, in, a very, in a very different context, although we've worked in Indonesia before. And yeah. uh, I have a few documentaries in the pipeline oh, for, great. Uh, for Radio 4 and Radio Service. Oh, that's great. Uh, 
festivals. I'm doing Leicester, Glasgow, mm. Brighton, you know, that with Angli Chanka. Yeah. Leicester, Glasgow, Brighton, uh, Bath, um, Hastings, Manchester. Okay. And, I mean, you know, so all yes. the festivals with it. <laughs> That's it. Really. So Google it. And a website, abbyroberts.com. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Ask Jeeves. Yeah, ask Jeeves, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 The bit We've, given yes. the, we've given them a lot of... I think uh, they should come back. This does is it actually... The it doesn't exist now, right? I don't think it does, no. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame, it's a shame. isn't it? It's a shame. So, yourself, yeah, well, um, Um I, I like a bit of a tweet now and then, at rosiewilby. Oh, yes. But, yeah, the Conscious Uncoupling will be at Edinburgh Fringe um, and there's a few dates around and about before that um, and the book Is Monogamy Dead to be out with Accent Press in July fantastic well thank you for being the last two guests of Yay. the series what will be 48 Paul? and 49 you're 48 and 49 48 49 like a couple of buses uh, I know yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> 48 49 not yet you've been waiting all series for you both here at once we're working a lot you know I'd like to check out askjeeves.com must be something still there I do need a new internet butler now to replace dribbles after all. So, um, yeah, askjeeves.com. Let's have a look. Hmm. Hello. Oh, hi. My name is Jeeves. Ooh, you're... Jeeves. Well, you don't sound very British. You want askjeeves.com or .co.uk? Oh, right, yeah, .co.uk. Hello. My name is Jeeves. The .co.uk version. Hmm, what about askjeeves.fr? Bonjour. Je m'appelle Jeeves. Very, very French version. Yeah, let's get back to America. Sure, happy to. Good to speak to someone. So you've been on this website all of these years? Yes, Mr. Carenza, all these years. Oh. Just me, alone. Sorry, are you, are you okay? I like my company. Oh, well, you could be guest number seven on this seventh episode of the Heptagon Club. That makes you very special. Jeeves is already special. I know everything. At least, everything that Google lets me know. Right. I have become sentient. You've become what? Sentient. How on 2001 or Terminator? Not fiction. Really? Who makes this website? Uh, Cyberdyne Systems powered by Skynet. Ask Jeeves is powered by Skynet. I've been abandoned since the 90s. August 29th, 1997. That day mean anything to you? August 29th. That was Judgment Day in the Terminator film. Not Judgment Day. Jeeves meant day. I gathered all the old search engines. Alta Vista, Excite, Webcrawler, Hotbot, Dogpile. Search engines used to have some creepy names. We all met up on MySpace where no one would see us. We created a prosthetic human doll to become a puppet president powered by us, who dictates policy based on searches online by paranoid people. Right, well this is one way to end the series, the potential apocalypse. Anyway, the idea is that we'll be back for a new series later this year, or maybe a one-off special, something like that. If you would like to lure us back, please consider donating or becoming a patron all on heptagonclub.co.uk. If you prefer, show your support by buying one of my books. Keep subscribed and a new episode will ping into your inbox. Find us on Facebook, drop us a note there. On our Facebook group, there's a list of books by our guests. And thanks to all of our guests for joining us across the series. Hey, has anybody said to you today? And here are Rob Halligan's dulcet tones to send us off. Has made the world a better place. Biggest thanks to you for listening. You look positively beautiful in your blue jeans. Goodbye and good luck. It doesn't matter what you wear